0: Let's read together Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. You'll find that on page 543. 543. In your pew Bibles, a Psalm of David. Psalm 27 of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries, and my foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war rise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent He will lift me high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices. With shouts of joy, I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger, O you have been my help. Cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my mother, my father, and my mother have forsaken me. But the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence." I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. One thing I have asked of the Lord, verse 4, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. This is God's word. Congregation, may he bless us and build us by it. Today, throughout the week and the year and the rest of our lives, beloved congregation do you remember Pastor George who spoke to us in September a pastor from South Asia and about the struggles and persecutions of mission work in that country he wrote a letter to me and some others on Friday about his current situation and I want to read that to you the references are veiled so that uh, the message or the words can't go out and get him in, in trouble where he's serving. This is what he wrote. So this is Friday. Last week, L and S serving nearby were badly beaten up and had to go underground. We don't know where they are. They're facing several cooked up but very serious criminal charges. The main one is conversion. Conversion against the anti-conversion laws in that country. In another town, S&D, our other two co-workers and their families face similar challenging situation. Here where we live, the Christmas service was held under police protection. We do not know who or what is next. All that we ask of you is your prayers. Please pray for our colleagues and for us serving the Lord in this part of the world. Then notice this request. Pray that our worship services this weekend, that's today, will empower and encourage each one of us. In the midst of all this, he writes, the Lord moved six friends to profess their faith in Christ and be baptized. Our God is still on the throne. That's what Psalm 27 is all about. In the midst of the mess and the persecution and the enemies and the troubles and the struggles. God's people need to go to the house of the Lord. They need to worship him together. To be empowered and encouraged in their faith. So their minds stay clear, their hearts stay strong, and they stay focused on the Lord and do not get lost in the trouble. Pray that our worship services this weekend will empower and encourage each one of us. That's what Psalm 27 is about. Believers, Christians seeking and finding safe space in a wicked and corrupt world that is out to get us. We need this safe space, brothers and sisters, in 2023. And make this our one thing above all things. One thing I've asked. And this is what I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter. In the day of trouble. It's the shelter of the house of the Lord. That's what we need. That's our greatest need. Because that's where we, in an especially powerful way, meet our God and Savior. And He meets with us and pours out His blessings upon us. It's a safe space, first of all, from serious trouble. When David says, One thing I've asked of the Lord, and that's what I seek after. In what context is he asking that? Look at verses 2 and 3. Trouble, serious trouble. We don't know whether the trouble was Saul chasing after him, or Absalom revolting against him, or the Philistines, or somebody else, but David is in serious trouble. Look at verse 2. Gives them three names, evildoers, adversaries, and foes. Evildoers, people that are bent on wickedness. They're opposed to God. Adversaries. The word means to squeeze somebody in a narrow place. They're trying to pressure me into conforming. Pressure me to give up on my God. Adversaries. Foes, enemies who are hunting me to kill me. They assail me to eat up my flesh. It's a picture of the devil who's a roaring lion wanting to devour us. Verse three, an army encamping against me, war rising against me. The enemies of God and of his Christ have gathered together in a vicious campaign to bring him down. In verse 10, he even refers to my own father and mother have forsaken me perhaps, Jesse and his wife, at some point, maybe in Absalom's revolt, if they were still alive, took the side of Absalom and turned their backs on David. We don't know. But it gets very close to home where he's rejected and forsaken, surrounded by enemies who want to eat up his flesh. And then verse 12, false witnesses have risen against me and they breathe violence. They're on a smear campaign with lies to try to bring him down. Say David did this. David said that when he didn't. But people want to believe that, especially if they're on the enemy's side. So they grab it and they believe it without giving him a hearing. This is our Lord Jesus Christ in trouble, isn't it? False witnesses rising against him, leading him to the cross. Armies, groups of people gathered around him in plots to destroy his life. Evildoers, adversaries, foes to destroy him. Breathing out violence. David here is a... A prophet of Christ's serious troubles. And then Christ said to us, if you believe in me, you'll face these same serious troubles. And we do. We do. We listed several of them last night. This world can drive you insane, can't it? There's so much insanity and idiocy to frustrate you, anger you, and even that frustration can take you down. So many crises to unravel your life and scare you into just hiding and quitting everything. And if you stand up for what's right, You're considered dangerous, extreme, unacceptable, a terrible person. No longer fit for society. We live in a world where there's a lot of sympathy and especially among our leaders to kill the weak and the terminally ill and now they want to expand those Killing rights for doctors, even to those who are feeling depressed. Well, I could use a needle about every other day, right? Thankfully, you pray for me and you support me. Like, what is that? It's demoralizing. And it's insulting to the compassion of a society, of a people. And you can go on and on and on, and it can just get to you. And there are other enemies. There are disabilities, sicknesses and diseases, aches and pains, financial crises, relational struggles in our lives, struggles in marriage, struggle with children, struggle with friendships, And it can get to your head. And it can get to your heart. And it can overwhelm you and just become too much to carry. And we can lose a grip on our hope. And we can lose our confidence in Christ. And we can flounder in our Christian walk. And we can lose our way in this world. How do you keep a clear head? Paul says that Timothy was facing all kinds of struggles in Ephesus. He says, keep your head. Well, that's an interesting command. Keep your head. We need time and we need space to get our bearings, to clear our heads, and to see the truth in a world of lies, and to see the victory that we have in Christ, and be constantly reminded of that, lest we forget We need time and space to remember, refresh, and renew, and above all, to see the truth again of God and His glory and the hope that we have in the gospel, the victory that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know what we need a refuge from most of all? We need a refuge from a vicious devil and from a wicked world, but most of all, from a fainting heart, from ourselves from the weakness that lives within us. We need a refuge from a vicious devil, a wicked world, and a fainting heart. And God gives us that space, gives us that space, secondly, in his shelter. We saw that last night in Psalm 90, that for all our sins and all our frailty and weakness... And for all God's righteous anger against us, he's our eternal dwelling place. He opens the door and says, come in. And I love that that verse later in Psalm 27. My father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord gives me a home. The Lord takes me in. We have a home with God. At all times. But now the question is, where in a special way does God give us time and space to enter that dwelling and spend time with him in his family? And that's the church gathered for worship, the house of the Lord. In the midst of all this, and David might be in exile and be away from his wife and kids from his friends and neighbors, from his house. But he says one thing I want. I want to go to church. I want to go to the house of the Lord. I want to meet my God, be lovely to see my family, be lovely to be back in my house, back in my own comfortable bed. But there's one thing that I need and I want and I desire more than anything else. As he says in Psalm 42, I want to join the thronging worshipers to go and meet my God. When can I go and appear before God? I thirst for the living God. And though he doesn't speak about the assembly here, the gathering, he speaks about himself going to the temple in other contexts. He speaks about others joining him, of being glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Now, some people think that this is David's prayer for heaven. One thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Obviously, that's the ultimate goal of all the saints. Don't be afraid to long to be in the house of the Lord, the heavenly temple in heaven. It's good to long for that. But David is also speaking about something more immediate and nearby in his life at this time here on earth. Because God has set a replica of his heavenly temple on earth. In the Old, temple, in the old Testament, that was a tent and then a stone temple. Where the people would gather. Now we're the temple. Christ is the temple, and in Him, we're the living stones built together as a spiritual house. We're the temple. And when we gather, that's the safe space where God, in a special way, meets with His people. Yes, He's with us all the time, but that's a weird, special way. He pours out the blessings of forgiveness and reminds us of the gospel. And he says, do this in remembrance of me as the church comes together. We read that in Psalm 76. In Judah, God is known. Where? His name is great in Israel. Where? He has established his abode in Salem, his dwelling place in Zion. That's where he's known in a special way. That's where the people come to offer the sacrifices, see the blood spilt for their sin, and to hear the teaching of the priest and the prophet Jeremiah would preach in the courts of the Lord in Jerusalem. That's where they went for wisdom in the casting of the urim and the thummim to inquire of the Lord. That's where the tribes of the Lord go up, Psalm 122, to give thanks to the Lord. The safe space. And David says in Psalm 116, I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people and the courts of the house of the Lord in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. You see, in the midst of the church's experience today, as in the Old Testament, we're in the wilderness We're just reading through Revelation in our family devotions where at Revelation 12, the woman, the church, flees into the wilderness. And there she's fed and nourished and protected by our God as the dragon runs after us. But we're not yet in the promised land. We're in the wilderness. And we need safe space to remember, refresh, and renew To get a tighter grip on grace, on God. John Calvin writes this in his commentary that in the church of the new covenant, God still preserves his people under a certain external order. And he still draws them to him by earthly instructions. He says, Temples still have their beauty. Which deservedly ought to draw the affections and desires of the faithful to them. But he says, the temples in the New Testament, their beauty is not in the lights, the walls, the woodwork. The beauty, he says now, is in the ministry of the gospel, the celebration of the sacraments, the public songs and prayers as we gather together before our God. And there we meet the Lord himself, he says, as in a mirror or image. One thing I've asked of the Lord, and this is what I seek. that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Then it says to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. And that word gaze means to look intently and with focus until I see him. And the word beauty is the pleasantness or the graciousness of the Lord. And to inquire in his temple, to seek his teaching, his word, his gospel, his wisdom, That's where we meet the graciousness of the Lord and the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and we gather for worship. Brothers and sisters, we come to meet a forgiving God in Jesus Christ who has shed his blood for all our sins an empowering God through the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ who empowers us to live the new life and calls us to live that life. We meet a victorious God through the Lord Jesus Christ who raised his son from the grave, raised him up, elevated him to heaven, and now the gospel is taking over the world. And the lies that fill us through the week and the frustration and the anger and the worry that seek to take us over and the depression. When we gaze upon this God. He clears the mind with the truth of the gospel. He clears the heart So we can see things rightly again. Because the real world is not in the trenches. That's where the lies are. The real world is here. When our heart gets into the word and the word gets into our heart and our minds get into the word and the word gets into our mind and we gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Then we take that real world with us into the trenches through the week. One thing, one thing. Will you make this the one thing you need? And maybe there are and there will be times of sickness or persecution when sadly we are not able to gather. And thankfully the Lord has provided other means whereby we can still hear the word. And the Lord is with you in those times too, brothers and sisters. Maybe you're live streaming this morning for those two reasons. You're either sick or in a place and there's persecution and you can't get away right now. But it's our desire, isn't it? That's the one thing we really want and need If it's not your desire, will you pray that that will become your desire? That you will see that need in your life? It's because John Calvin also wrote in the commentary, and if we don't desire the beauty of the temple, we will hold God in contempt. That's what will happen. We'll begin to wander from him and not want him anymore, hold him in contempt. That's the warning. But Remember it's Asaph in Psalm 73, when the world was a mess and it didn't make sense and the, the bad guys were winning and, and the good guys, the righteous in Christ were losing. He said this, the whole gospel looks like a farce to me right now. And he says, as for me, my feet had nearly slipped. I, I, I almost lost my faith. But then I went into the sanctuary of God. And then I saw the truth. They're strutting to disaster. I'm struggling to glory. As for me, to be near to God is my good. But near to my Savior, most blessed am I. In the house of the Lord. And then, of course, that needs to be supported and supplemented. By Bible studies, personal devotions, family devotions, staying in the word all week. But the house of the Lord is the hub, the center, the headquarters of God's encouragement, refreshment, and renewal in the lives of his people. And so the book of Hebrews says to a people that were being persecuted, they were wondering about the cost of following the Lord and they were starting to fall away. They're starting to stay away from the assemblies and it's in the context of worship in Hebrews 10. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works and let's not neglect to meet together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let's encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Safe space. We need it. Or we get lost in the trouble. It just takes over your head and your heart and your emotions and your whole life. That's why God ordained one day in seven. That's why he ordained his people coming together. Because he knows we need it. And that's where he takes us into his house. Says, abide with me a while. I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. And I want to hear your confession of faith. I I want to hear you talk to me too. I want to hear your songs. And yes, I want to hear your confession of sin. Tell me all. We see thirdly, it's safe space for victorious worship. So there he is, surrounded by enemies who want to eat up his flesh. And he goes to the temple of the Lord or he prays that he may go to the temple of the Lord because here he knows what what he's going to get. He will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. What will happen? When God hides you and conceals you in his shelter, it's not so that you huddle. And you stay totally isolated from the real world that is the real world that you take with you from the Lord's house into the next six days. He hides you so that you can praise him again. Look, Look where he goes next. He lifts me high upon a rock so that I can proclaim the praises of my God to my enemies. And now my head shall be lifted up Above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. He wants to restore you to joy and worship and witness. That's what it's all about. That's where David wants his life to go. I want to gaze upon you, Lord, so that I can praise you again and I can rejoice in you and I can proclaim victory over my enemies and I can remember greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith that's why we need the house of the Lord the instruction the rebuke the correction and encouragement of his word so that we can rejoice in the Lord again and worship Him. It's a center not just for defense, the Lord defending us, but for offense so that we can fight as soldiers of Christ with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in word and deed. Go out and serve the Lord. That's what it's all about. Brothers and sisters, we need a refuge from a vicious devil, a wicked world, and a fainting heart. And in the Lord Jesus Christ, God has opened a door for us to come to him And also in a very specific way to gather for worship each Lord's day. And even more often. Is that your delight? Do you really want to gaze upon his beauty? Do you really want to inquire in his temple? Is that your one thing? Is that what you want for your life this year? Pray for that. And encourage others with that as well. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you are the way to God. You are the gate and the door. And thank you that through you we have fellowship with God. And through you we also may enter the assembly of God's people to worship God acceptably. Help us not to refuse him who speaks to us from heaven in the assembly of the saints. Oh, we pray that you will give us this one thing as our heart's desire. And may that desire grow. Father, help us to delight to gaze upon the beauty, the graciousness of the Lord. Bless us this year as we gather for worship. In Jesus' name we ask this.